Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study that is broadcast or that is posted every Sunday morning at 9.30, our local time. And that's for people who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. And if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and visit with us, get to know us, let us get to know you, study God's Word with us, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us in person. We, we encourage you to do that, but we know that there are people even in our area who cannot be with us for one reason or another when we're gathering together at our regularly scheduled worship times and Bible study times. There are also people who are listening across the country and other parts of the country and literally around the world. And so we're thankful that we can help people wherever they might be to get into God's Word, study, learn more, and grow in their faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, by sharing these, or by posting these studies through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We want to help people grow in their faith by studying God's Word together. So we're thankful to have that, that ability, that opportunity, and that means to be able to do that. Now, Again, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Now, we're going to also encourage you to tell other people about these studies and even share them with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You know people in your life who need themselves to get into God's Word. They need to grow in their faith. They need to start thinking about eternity and their soul's salvation. Well, help them by sharing these studies with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a blessing to help somebody get to heaven, but not just for them, also for you. Also encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when a person signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or whatever other smart device they might choose, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures, and what I really consider to be a gem, a jewel, if you would, a seven-day-a-week short Bible study, only about 13 minutes each day, called Today's Bible Class. So many study opportunities, so many opportunities to get into God's Word and grow in our knowledge and faith. All of that for free, and it always will be free. Churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study in Deuteronomy, and we're going to begin in chapter 9 this time. Now, as I've said, Deuteronomy finds the people of Israel on the eastern border of the Jordan River after they have wandered in the wilderness for a period of about 40 years, and the entire adult generations have died off, and the younger generation, the children, have grown up now to become the adult generations. The adult generations, God 
let die off because of their continued weak faith and their lack of trust in him to deliver them in the ways that he had promised, going all the way back to their forefathers, Abraham being the beginning. Now, God had promised them this particular land, then known as the land of Canaan, it would become the nation of Israel. And here they are, now the children, they have grown up stronger in their faith and trust in God than their fathers and forefathers before the, and their fathers and grandfathers before them. And so now God has them poised through the leadership of Moses on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, right across that river, they would begin to take conquest or make conquest of the land of Canaan that would become the nation of Israel, the promised land. Well, in Deuteronomy, as they are poised, ready to cross the river, ready to begin the battles, ready to fulfill God's instructions, and also receive the fulfillment of his promise, the blessing of giving them their own land, Moses is reminding them of what they've gone through over the last 40 and maybe a little longer than, maybe, maybe even longer than that. Of course, in Egypt, they had become slaves to Pharaoh, and God sent Moses to lead them out of Egypt and to the promised land. And so Moses is reminding them of where they were, what they had gone through, how God had disciplined them, the shortcomings that the people as a whole had evidenced through the wilderness, and now that God has led them to this land. Now Moses has already warned them instructed them, don't fall back into those old practices. Don't start worshiping idols. When God leads you into this land, this new land, don't have anything to do with those people who are idol worshipers, and they filled that land at that time. Don't have anything to do with them. You either destroy them in battle or drive them completely out of the land. Don't start making relationships with them. Don't start allowing intermarriage with them because they will lead you into the worship of idols yourselves. And of course, that is the very beginning of the instructions of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other God before me. And of course, those idols were not gods to begin with. They were just objects that disbelievers in God were worshiping through but they weren't worshiping God. They were worshiping some imaginary deity that they had been taught about and somebody had made up in their own minds somewhere back along the line. And so Moses says, you don't, you don't have any part of that. Don't have any part in that. You stay true to God. And if you do not stay true to God, then God will bring judgment upon you. Well, <clears throat> beginning with chapter 9, Moses begins to kind of review remind them of the rebelliousness of their parents and grandparents through the wilderness. After God had delivered them from Egyptian bondage, after he had destroyed the Egyptian uh, army of chariots who had pursued them across the Red Sea, God allowing the Israelites, their, again, these children, but also their fathers and grandparents, to cross that river on dry ground as God split the waters, 
and then closed it down upon the pursuing Egyptian army, destroyed that army. Well, but they still had problems in the wilderness. They murmured about not having enough food to eat. God provided food for them miraculously. They murmured about not having enough water to drink. Well, God miraculously provided water for them. But not only that, he gave them victories over different, different nations that attacked them while they were going through the wilderness. He gave them victories. He also blessed them such that, that their clothes did not wear out. <laughs> Imagine that during those 40 years. And, but they still, they continued to have problems at Mount Sinai. When Moses went up onto the mountain to receive the law from God, beginning with the Ten Commandments, the people, after Moses was up there for a period of time, they began to, to lose confidence that Moses was even still alive. And so their faith in God waned, and they, they persuaded Aaron, Moses' brother, to manufacture a golden calf as an idol that they could worship. Now, can you think about that? manufacture this object and then you fall down before it and worship it as a god? Again, how ridiculous is that? But they continued to struggle through much of those 40 years. And so God allowed them to die off in the wilderness, particularly because when he initially, through Moses, led them to the southern border of the promised land and the spies came back, who Moses had sent into the land to spy out the land. They came back and said, ah, we can't take that land. It's, it, the people there are too mighty. Large cities, fortified cities, giants even live in that land. Ah, we're, we're nothing compared to them. And so God said, okay, you, you fathers, you parents, and you grandparents, you will not enter into that land. And so God had Moses turn around and go back into the wilderness and lead those people in a big circle, piddling around for the next 40 years until all of those adult generations died off. So Moses is reminding them. And sometimes we need reminder to, to kind of clear our heads and help us remember mistakes that we had made a mindset that, that was counterproductive to being, you know, advantageous to us, to remember the mistakes, to remember the sins that we had committed so that we are standing on guard against making those same mistakes again. So beginning with verse 1 of chapter 9, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan, that is the Jordan River, today and go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, and descendants of the Anakim, that is the giants, whom you know, and of whom you heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Again, a race of giants in that land. Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to them, as has said to you. And so Moses is saying, 
Today, you're ready to cross that Jordan River and enter that land and begin its conquest. And God will see you through. God will give you the victory. You've heard about giants living in that land. God's going to deliver them into your hand. So Moses is encouraging them and reassuring them. Verse 4, do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. They needed to think about that. Sometimes we get haughty, we get a big head, and we think, yeah, I've been so good, I've been so righteous, God owes me this. Moses says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't deceive yourself. God is giving you this land. He's driving out these people before you because of their wickedness. He's cleansing the land before you. Now, you're going to have to fight the battles, but God's going to give you the victories, one after another. In verse 5, it is not because of your righteousness or the righteousness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. (laughs) A stiff-necked people. Well, yeah, they had continually and continually struggled with their faith in God and their faithfulness to him during those 40 years in the wilderness. So you are stiff-necked people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb, that is Mount Sinai, You provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. And he did tell Moses a time or two in the wilderness, look, I'll just wipe these folks out. They are are rebellious. They are unfaithful. I'll start over again with you and, and raise up a new people. And Moses prayed to God, please, please don't do that. Give them another chance. And God kept giving them more chances. So, verse 8, or verse 9, rather. When I went up into the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made with you, the original Ten Commandments, then I stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord delivered to me two tablets of stone, written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And, in, and it came to pass at the end of 40 days and 40 nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down quickly from here, for your people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly. Go down quickly from here, for your people whom you, have, whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded image. And that was the golden calf that the people had persuaded Aaron to manufacture for them. And they began worshiping that calf. 
Now, can you imagine that? And so while Moses was on Mount Sinai getting the law, the original Ten Commandments for the people, God tells Moses, go on back down there. They've become unfaithful. They've started worshiping an idol. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me saying, I have seen this people and indeed they are a stiff-necked people. Let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven and I will make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. And Moses is reminding them of the past. So I turned and came down from the mountain and the mountain burned with fire and the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I looked and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God, had made for yourselves a molded calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. Didn't take them long. Moses was only up in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights and they already had become unfaithful. They had already become distrustful. And isn't that the way of humanity? We, we have, have such a tendency so often to become so fickle, two-faced. And I looked and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God, had made for yourselves a molded calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. Then I took the two tablets and threw them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. And I fell down before the Lord as, the first, as at the first, forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sin which you committed in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was angry with you to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron and would have destroyed him. So I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Moses is really giving more insight as to what happened back during that time. The original account is given to us in the book of Exodus. But here Moses is giving more insight. God would have destroyed my brother Aaron because he made that idol for you. But I prayed for Aaron. God was ready to destroy you and raise up a new people, but I prayed for you. Now, largely what Moses is rehearsing or reminding the people of what, of what had happened, these were the sins of their parents and grandparents. The adults now standing before Moses who would cross over the Jordan River and take the land that God had promised to them going all the way back to Abraham and through their forefathers. These were the children at that time, largely, but now they're the adults. And Moses is reminding them, this is what happened. And this is what your parents, your grandparents had done. All of these adults now had been below the age of 20, below the age of 20, when God told Moses, go back into the wilderness, lead this people back. And for 40 years, God let them die off, the adults. He raised up these, these to become the adults. Now, had some of them 
been involved in some of the weakness and faith that their fathers and grandparents or their parents and grandparents had exhibited in the wilderness during those 40 years? Perhaps, perhaps. But now Moses is warning them. He's warning them. This is what happened. Don't let yourself fall back into that kind of weakness in your faith and lack of dedication and consistency before God. In verse 21, Then I took your sin, the calf which you had made, and burned it with fire, and crushed it and ground it very small until it was as fine as dust. And I threw it, I threw its dust into the brook that descended from the mountain, also at Tibera and Massah and Kibroth, Hadavah. You provoked the Lord to wrath. Now, Moses also made them drink that water that contained the dust of that golden idol that Aaron had manufactured. Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and you did not believe him nor obey his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Thus I prostrated myself. In other words, he threw himself on the ground or laid himself down on the ground, face down, before the Lord, 40 days and 40 nights, I kept prostrating myself because the Lord had said he would destroy you. Therefore, I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your inheritance, whom you have redeemed through, the, through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look in the stubbornness of this people, or in the wickedness of their sin, lest the land from which you brought us should say, because the Lord was not able to bring them to the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to kill them in the wilderness. Moses said, and he had faith that God could deliver the people, but he said, please don't destroy them. The people of Egypt, now let's read in between the lines. The people of Egypt had learned of the great power of the one true God in bringing their nation to their knees through the plagues and so on. And the destruction of much of the Egyptian army as they perished in the Red Sea, pursuing the Israelites. Moses said, don't let them don't let them now lose that belief in your power, having seen what you did to them and to their nation. Don't let them somehow have that image diminished by saying you are not able to lead this people, the Israelites, into that land that you promised them. And so you destroyed them. Don't let them, don't let them have that kind of retort. And Moses, of course, believed that God could deliver the Israelites. Discipline them? Yes. Bring judgment upon them in various ways? Absolutely. But he believed that God could deliver them 
to the land that he had promised. Now, one mighty way that God did that was, again, to cause them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the adult generations died off. And the children, the youth generation, grew up to become the adults and were stronger in faith. Verse 29, the last verse in chapter 9. Yet they are your people and your inheritance, whom you brought out by your mighty power and by your outstretched arm. And Moses, in that way, praises God and glorifies him. You have brought them out of Egypt by your mighty power. Don't let the Egyptian people doubt your power, your ability, by looking and seeing that you've destroyed the people you led out of their land and think that it's because you could not deliver them into the land that you promised them. And Moses reminding the people at this time, that's what it was like back in the beginning of the wilderness wanderings 40 years ago. Remember what you have come out of and what God is about to give you. Have faith in God. Trust him to fulfill his promise. How we need to have that faith and trust in God today and in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. And thank you for assuring us through your word that you will be there and deliver us as we walk with you in consistent, faithful obedience and dedication. You will deliver us from this world of sin and death into your heavenly home that is bliss and glorious and eternal. Help us to keep our focus, Father, and to never doubt your ability or your love for us to give us what you have promised us. And help us to be shining lights of your love and your word to the people all around us, Father, and all around the world, we pray. Please guide us in this and help people open their hearts to see the only way that they can ultimately enjoy complete success through you and your Son, and that is eternal life. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.